0: Hey, guys,
1: Dustin Wynn and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio.
0: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned.
1: Welcome to BatForce Radio, the Batman DC podcast no limits, and we are going to be going over a new episode of The Stack. Um, I got Robin D. Cross with me from Canada. What's happening? I am BatForce Force Tom over in California, and uh, this is one of the more, the more better, bigger weeks for comics, a uh, huge freaking big week, specifically because week. we got a, a big event Beginning with this week, as well as a new episode, or sorry, new issue of Doomsday Clock that actually uh, has a ton of stuff happening in it. Um, So, both of those issues you obviously don't want to miss, but also there's just other things too. I mean, there's you got Justice League Odyssey number one starting, uh, third issue of Justice League Dark, we got an amazing Detective Comics issue, Batman Kings of Fear issue number two. Um, Action comics, Batman Beyond, Batgirl—it's just like an insane
0: week. Yeah. So we there, there's more stuff than we can cover in yeah. <laughs> one episode. Like Titans 26 is out, Wonder Woman 55 is out. It's it's a giant week.
1: We're uh, we're not short on any amazing things to read, um, and it's not like this stuff is crap either. I mean, like everything that I read is fantastic—the uh, art, the storytelling. So. DC Comics is just absolutely murdering it on all fronts uh, lately. Just just killing it. So uh, a lot of good stuff to read. It makes it difficult. I know people sometimes are on like a budget. They don't want to pull everything. Uh, which hopefully you guys can use. This is kind of like a guide for you. If you hear something on the episode that you like and uh, you want to look into it more, um, definitely do it. Or uh, like I said, if there's things that we are not covering that you want to have us uh, read more about, we'll do that as well. But We do a pretty good job of trying to cover everything, but uh, like I said, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started with uh, Heroes in Crisis, written by Tom King, interior art by Clay Mann, I believe. Yep. Um, So that duo has been working on Batman um, in the past, and so it's obviously natural for them to kind of flow into this um, story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the setup and the premise of the, the, uh, the event, basically, Robin?
0: Well, uh, Heroes in Crisis largely comes from events that we've seen happen throughout Tom King's Batman run. So, uh, it centers around a place called the Sanctuary, which is essentially a recovery place set up for uh, superheroes and even supervillains uh, who have just suffered uh, mental and physical trauma uh, in in the course of doing what they do. Uh, so like PTSD, you know, it's a, it's a place for them to, to go and get help. Uh, at the end of the Ivy arc, uh, we saw Batman saying, we'll send her to the sanctuary, you know, after she had just been sort of mentally broken after having controlled the entire world. Uh, you know, mind controlled the whole world to try to make everything perfect. Uh, at the end of the gift arc, uh, after, booster had seen all the horrible stuff he had seen uh he was uh, also to be sent off to the sanctuary Hmm. so nice catches. Uh, this, i didn't even notice
1: i didn't even remember any of that
0: yeah it's uh, it had been bridging back for a while uh so yeah it was so far in fact that you know, it was going back before uh before the wedding happened so interesting clouds uh, clouds the memories a bit yeah and uh Yeah, you mentioned the interior art on here. Clayman, he is fantastic. There are some pages in here that we'll get to that I absolutely love. And if you guys like Clayman, uh, one thing that you'll notice about Clayman is you never fucking hear him talk. (laughs) Uh, We cracked the code on that. We got him to join us for for a new episode uh, of Batforce Radio. It's the previous one that we put up right before you uh, hear this one. So go check that out if you want to listen to Clayman finally uh, talk about some stuff. You know, He talks about Tom King. He revealed his dream Batman character you would like to work with, and it is someone that you never see in comics. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Heroes in Crisis, what did you think of this?
1: Uh, I wasn't expecting it to, off the bat, get into the way it gets into. Just uh, real quick so everyone listening knows. Uh, A lot of people listen to this the Wednesday of new releases, which is fine. Um, But if you do so, know that we're going to talk spoilers. We're going to get into some plot points. We're going to get into some page turning things that uh, you, if you want, you definitely want to read the issue before you listen to us. So do that. Uh, But because I'm saying that, um, saying that because I didn't think that I I, I had assumed like something would happen in, in, you know, it's crisis. So eventually uh, a death would occur. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect it to happen so quickly
0: in the amount that it did
1: in this issue.
0: Exactly, like uh, people's pants are going to be in crisis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, like some of the pages in this, like the the beginning pages, are pages that were released months ago. You know, when they were promoting uh, the, the the beginning of the series, and just from seeing what we saw of it. I expected things were going to have sort of a docile setup, you know, it, like the scene we see here with Harley and Booster in the diner. That led me to believe that, like, they were both staying in the sanctuary place and that, you know, this was going to be sort of like a friendly, almost, uh, interaction between them, you know, that they were just having a meal while they were, you know, at sanctuary. But, Things just go crazy immediately.
1: Yeah. Um, something that uh, I, I picked up on that was um, I don't know if I mean obviously it has, has to be deliberate and intentional, but um, the when Harley and Booster are in the diner and they're they just kind of encounter each other, and then Superman arrives at the scene and he uh, you hear a boom a sonic boom as he flies into the area and there's a bunch of crows. And if you look yeah. close, they're like eating, um, Yeah, what are they blue eating? Blue Jay. Yeah, they're eating a blue jay.
0: Yeah. No, like the, Actually, well, they're, they're eating a bird or something, but the one, there's the close-up shot of the has, one crow. He has Blue Jay's mask. Yeah. The, the character Blue Jay's mask in his mouth. That, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like Blue Jay, if you guys aren't familiar with Blue Jay, he, uh, like the Atom, etc., he has the ability to shrink down. And having a character who can shrink down, but, like, what happened here was, like, he had lost the ability to really control that. So having someone who has shrunk down, seeing them be ripped apart by birds, it's it's like, honey, I shrunk the kids, gone in a fucked up direction. Yeah. And, yeah, it's there's something kind of twisted about that. Thank you, Tom King.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then just the way that... So another thing, too, that, like... That I wasn't expecting is um we still don't completely understand what's going on, but it sounds like Harley was sent to uh, the sanctuary to recover, like you said from the events of a previous arc, and she just goes fucking crazy and well um,
0: we don't it, it's it's tough to tell because the, they've both clearly come to this diner in the wake of what has happened and we'll get to that uh, momentarily but from what i'm getting they both seem to blame the other for it
1: yeah so that's what i was kind of like having a hard time deciphering when i was reading it first i'm like if if so i i the way i read it was it's all harley i thought at first the first read through i was like holy shit like harley went fucking nuts and you know they, they they show you eventually what what Superman comes across, but then I assume while reading that Booster knows that that happened, right?
0: Yeah, yes. yeah, he knows that happened. She knows that happened, but I think it seems like she's blaming him and he's blaming her.
1: Oh shit! So there might be something a little more sinister happening. See, yeah. I see. Like, listen to me, man. Just totally just. Uh, uh profiling harley i just had to assume that (laughs) harley went nuts she did all of it and that's why i was questioning like why the fuck is booster just sitting there why is he like why isn't he getting ready to defend himself and she she pounces on him and she starts stabbing the shit out of him out of nowhere and it's it's really like oh my god like holy shit you know she's literally trying to fucking kill this guy and um as it's happening um he starts like he starts. Then he starts explaining something and babbling and talking, and it's like, all right, he knows something. He's trying to say something to her. It's not really making sense. Um, right before the tr- the Trinity basically gets involved, right? So it, it just seemed like the, I was I was like, man, okay, is is something like in the atmosphere? You know, is she literally just she would snap? What's happening? And Booster doesn't seem like he's hundred percent there either. Um, so it's just like it was crazy. Um, and that's that's right when Superman then kind of uh, reveals what's going on at the sanctuary or what has tripped their attention to the sanctuary. Yeah. Um, which is all these heroes. A lot of them young. Hotspot. Um, who else is there? Blue Jay. Uh, Blue Jay. Is that yeah. Beast Boy?
0: Uh the green I mean, dude. Who is that? I don't think so, but it. Could be, but yeah, it, it's basically it, A load of people are there. Yeah, like D-list, D-list heroes. That yeah,
1: that they're they're one by one explaining that they're they've been fucking murdered. Um, significant, two of which are uh, Arsenal and Flash. Yeah, um, that
0: that page is a mess. Like that's when we see Superman enter the house. There's blood all over the door. Uh, that sanctuary mask is on the ground in a pool of blood. And yeah, he opens up. And this page is r- really well written. Uh, I, I like how Superman struggles with, you know, to report what he's seeing to Batman and Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah,
0: I see he stammers, says, "Roy, Roy, and Arsenal and Flash are confirmed,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you see that both their bodies just lying there. And uh, I'm. It, in that bottom panel, does that? What does that look like? Is in uh, Roy's hand? I think is that like the uh, the symbol for sanctuary?
1: Um, I can't tell, but it definitely. It, like, yeah, it's a hard ring to tell. Or
0: yeah, like I think that. I think that might be the symbol that we had seen. A little bit uh, in the promotional stuff, the the symbol for sanctuary, but there's like blood pouring off it, running down Wally's chest.
1: Hmm. Well, now that I think about it, if uh, sci-fi movies have taught us one thing, it's that you never trust the fucking robot. Yeah. So that's very true. Um, they created this. Uh, what's her name? They created. Um, God, what's her name? The uh, the cyborg or whatever the hell that is her? What's her name? We built this to help them. I forget what they name her. Um, yeah, so they, they there's there's a, like a AI. There's a robot there that's basically there to help the the heroes when they get there, and she's thrashed up and like her arms chopped off and her legs chopped off. But at the same time, like, hmm, like, I wonder, if, did it turn on the heroes and, like, end up killing them? But, you know, it doesn't really allude to that so much. It's just me reading into it. But um, the Trinity's in there trying to, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, they're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Um, And at the, as, as this is happening, it's kind of, like, showing kind of, like, confessional video recordings of each hero as they get there and possibly, yeah. like, their feelings about being there. Um which reveals a little bit of, you see, you know, Harley Quinn saying she doesn't believe in trauma. It's, it's everyone just can't handle it and that that kind of thing. Um,
0: but then by the end of that page, mm -hmm. she's a, you know, she, she's, we, we see her break. It's sort of the same for her and for booster. Uh, we see them break. Yeah. uh, Over the course of their confessional.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see, like you said, like, was it one or the other? Was it both? What happened? Um, So just the first issue is just setting it all up showing that holy shit like someone went on a murderous rampage and it's not explained uh, what happened. You know PTSD heroes cracking. It's pretty cool because um, you know this is kind of a concept at least at DC Comics that in recent times hasn't been addressed in a while. But Tom King comes from a place personally that is perfect for kind of writing a story like this when um, you know like soldiers are exposed to war and the horrors and atrocities of war like they're not gonna come back normal they're not gonna come back just like they can just go live a nine-to-five they're gonna come back scarred you know mentally and emotionally and it's gonna take a toll on their day-to-day life and um... this is kind of showing what that would be like for superheroes and um... you know in the wake of stuff happening right now in the world you know kids teenagers whoever adults um... having mental health issues they're not being addressed and people snap and they do horrific, tragic things. And uh, this is an interesting take on it, I think. You know, using superheroes as a, um, as kind of like a way to hold the mirror up to that. So just great, great issue by – just great concept, I think, by Tom King uh, to kind of bring into like a, you know, a hero book, a mainstream comic book. I know they've done stuff like this at Image. um, the boys kind of did something similar, where it kind of—it's kind of like a social commentary on um, if superheroes were real, you know, what would they really be doing to a society, and how would they actually be damaging as well as helping? Uh, because people don't look up, and the boys are basically the cleanup crew for the superheroes that just thrash, you know, like uh, the end of uh, Man of Steel when Superman and Zod just leave a fucking destruct destroyed like. Uh, city, you know, there's people that come in and clean that up, and the boys are, are a team of, of heroes that do that. And um, interesting to see it happen um, with DC. They did a, DC did a book that was kind of like the boys a while back. I can't remember what it was called, um, but a similar concept. But now this is something to take it even a step further, kind of like the whole concept of PTSD and that kind of thing. So
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Uh- Going back to the scene where Booster and Harley uh, were fighting in the diner, uh, Booster says, "You know, I, that Harley has to face justice, and he's going to take her to the Hall of Justice. So he flies her up through the through the roof of the diner, and while they're flying, she just starts fighting him while they're flying. And you know, she's going to stab him again. She's singing the whole time." And uh, he tells her, if you stab me, we both fall. And she basically doesn't care and just shanks him again. <laughs> so that takes us to the scene at the end where they've crash landed, you know, in, on the side of a, a little lake or a pond or something. And this is where they have uh, an extended dialogue with each other. Mm. And. Uh, Booster saying, you know, you kill me and I save you. And uh, halfway through the page, uh, it's when he says, "I saw you, Harley. I saw you hurting us, killing us." Oh shit! And she she says, "How deep did you crack?" I saw you. Uh, she said, I, "I ran from you like a coward or a freaking clown." Nah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't save him but I didn't kill him. You did. Hmm. So, yeah, something's going on here. Interesting. And uh, I want to comment uh, quickly on, uh, again, Clay's art in this issue. Uh, There's a page uh, during the Harley and Booster fight, just before we see Superman arrive at the Sanctuary, there's a page where it's three panels the top panel is Batman the middle one is Wonder Woman and the bottom one is Superman and that page is just ridiculous mm. and uh, the page before that one where boosters telling Harley I don't want to hurt you same thing just ridiculously good so much of this uh, so much of this issue just looks insane
1: he's not a bad artist.
0: No, not at all.
1: Yeah, it's a. He's got a cool style, and uh, it was great in his. And you know when he was working uh, on Batman, it's cool to see in this too. It's kind of it's cool. Like he does really. Um, and I don't know. You got to give it to the colorist, too, but um, the way that he draws like a sunset or like dawn with the colors and the way like the warmth kind of hits looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, that page where, super, where we see Superman streaking across the sky uh, the, the title page you know it's the the title Heroes in Crisis l- looks like it's cast in shadows over mm. all the acres of farms Yeah. and yet the, the way the sun is you, you see the rays of sun shining down on that and then just miles and miles of fields and sky yeah it looks so good
1: yeah it's good stuff good stuff um Anything else for this issue before we carry on? Definitely pick this up. Don't miss this. Yeah, uh, because.
0: Fucking hell. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I
1: was gonna say, like, you know, you don't want people spoiling this stuff. I, I already saw that um, there might be some spoilers already out. So before you get something spoiled by not reading it, definitely pick this up and read it. So that way you're enjoying the story as it progresses and not getting it off of like a meme or something
0: like that. Yeah. Uh, now, there, there has been a recent update to the series. Originally, it was going to be a seven-issue series with two special issues. Uh, so now the series has been changed to just uh, a nine-issue regular series. There won't be any tie-ins or special issues or anything. It's just straightforward nine issues.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay, that's a little bit easier to understand, I suppose. I got to give it to uh, real quick just before we move on. Um, maybe it was just at the time of day that I was reading this, but I'm looking at it now and it, it just looks good. Uh, Clayman knows how to draw a hell of a piece of pie. Um, cause, and what is, what kind it's peach pie. Is it peach pie that he's talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, so much so that it makes me wish that I was able to maybe get some pie on the way home. But anyways, just had to throw that in there. Uh, here was crisis issue. Number one, fantastic issue um moving on to another giant area in the DC universe is uh, Doomsday Clock issue number 7. Um and it's it's been hard to kind of keep up with this story only because it's bi-monthly now, so I've had to go back and read uh the last issue uh before I read the new issues just to kind of refresh my memory and to kind of get the juices flowing on what was going on and holy hell, man. Um, the last two issues of Doob's Day Clock have been phenomenal. Um, so this is like, uh, we're getting we're getting everything that we wanted, that we were expecting, uh, especially yeah. in this issue.
0: Yeah, this this is a, a meat and potatoes issue uh, of the series. This is getting to specifically one of the characters that people have been waiting. Yeah, and, and see. Oh, well. we see him in full frontal glory we do and i don't think we will be getting a censored second print uh, <laughs> of this issue
1: we yeah we'll definitely see if that's the case um but basically to catch everybody up if, if you guys were not reading doomsday clock and you're like what the hell are you guys talking about a long how many how long ago was it i mean it's this has been uh since the new 52 since since uh flashpoint technically um this has kind of been I think brewing in Jeff Johns' head, right? Mm. So years and years, he's probably wanted to kind of do something like this. And I don't know what the steps were to actually convince people uh, to let him do it. But like I said, um, technically, the way they've explained the way part of the new 52, um, they came out with a DC Rebirth. There was a, a Rebirth special that came out around, dude, how long ago was that?
0: Uh a year, it's gotta year and a half be ago? get oh no, it's been longer than that because you know look, we're at bi weekly issues of Batman and we're at issue fifty five.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. So it's been a while uh, since that rebirth special came out. Uh which we learned in the rebirth special that uh perhaps um um Dr. Manhattan was to blame for what happened to the timeline and to everything that was the new 52 essentially and um, Rebirth Special basically showed kind of like him um, tampering with reality and changing things and then I guess he set things back and so now that's kind of what Rebirth was in a sense but um, this book is what kind of finally folds everything together. Um the last episode or the last issue I keep saying episode the last issue was the issue that kind of gave us the origins of marionette and mine, which was fucking dope yeah um, that was an awesome awesome issue and, um, and
0: they're really great new characters too. I like them a lot
1: yeah, I mean I, I liked them when we got a little bit more of uh was it the marionette that she was involved in the bank robber yeah. stuff? Um, I forget when we were, we got a little bit of her or when her and her, her and mine were robbing a bank, right? And we got... Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so that was cool. I started liking them at that point, but then, yeah, you're right. This origin story that we got the last issue, it really makes you feel for the characters. They're great characters that have a great history, like a great story, um, well-written. And
0: and my favorite part is the lineage of the creation of the characters. Uh, Just like... uh, the the main Watchmen characters from the original series, you know, Doctor Manhattan and uh, Rorschach, etc., are all based on old Charlton characters, and the same goes for Mime and Marionette. They're based on uh, Punch and Julie, mm. uh, who Tom King uh, recently used in in part of his run. Yeah, so it, it's cool that Jeff Johns used the same source of inspiration for the original Watchmen characters to create these new additions to the universe. So smart way of doing
1: that. Yeah. Uh, Long story long. Um, Everyone's looking for Dr. Manhattan. Osmond Dias is looking for him. Um, Technically, I guess Batman's looking for, uh, yeah, Batman's looking for Dr. Manhattan as well. Uh, Dr. Manhattan has left the Watchmen universe and he's come to the DC universe Um, since that's happened the original plan from Watchmen that Osmond Dias had to kind of save their world fell through it's in chaos and he's kind of coming over to try to find Dr. Manhattan to bring him back to have him help Uh, and then we finally get that interaction in this issue where um, Joker who was in in, who kind of came in a couple issues ago when meeting Mime and Marionette um, they captured Batman um, so now they're looking for, well, Mime and Annette have a, a, a secondary reasoning for helping Osmond Because Osmond basically tells them, I will be able to get your kid back too if you help me. So they kind of go along with it. Um, but like I said, uh, Osmond Dias is able to find the uh, Green Lantern lamp that Johnny Thunder stumbled across after years and years of it being kind of uh, reformed. Uh, What was so fucking cool in this issue was it was it was doing that old school, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, The overdub of Dr. Manhattan speaking about what he's been doing and the time frames and the dates. And he explains what happens to the Green Lantern lamp. And it talks about and he tells you that he basically like breaches through the timeline spoilers and fucking kills Alan Scott so that Alan yeah. Scott never gets the lamps and never becomes the Green Lantern and how that kind of goes through time
0: and yeah and, and how he just it was just a matter of moving over the lamp that yeah. he had clung to to save his life
1: yeah and just awesome shit um, then Johnny Thunder stumbles across the lamp gives it to Osmond Dias, Osmond Dias uses it to basically charge up uh, the cat which has uh, like the fingerprints of the uh, the science is crazy on it whatever but basically uses it as a kind of portal to suck uh, um, Dr. Manhattan through to bring him out to have a conversation with him, which happens. And all fucking hell breaks loose with all these teleportations and like this this dialogue that Dr. Manhattan's giving. And Osman Dias is trying to reason with him as far as like, trying to bring him back to the universe to help him. We learn more about the history of the current Rorschach Um Spoilers, who's basically the son of the psychiatrist who tried to help the original Rorschach in prison, which leads him to go mad and, uh, you know, ruin the relationship that he had with his wife, which influenced uh, the young Rorschach. Um, just crazy shit, man. It, it, it was such a great, great looking uh, issue. Um, there's panels that have Joker, Batman, my marionette, Osmond Diaz. Uh, comedian comedian, fuck dude the way the comedian was introduced uh, was it last issue I think it was the last issue yeah where um, Joker has Batman strapped up and they're going to the uh, meeting of the Legion of Doom and comedian pops out of nowhere and just starts fucking murking fools
0: and actually he had shown up prior to that because what was it issue one or two the second one uh, where uh, Lex was in the room with Osmond Dias, and comedian it's, showed up and just started shooting at them. Beats the shit out of him
1: Yeah, yeah, and and then he falls out the window. Um, but yeah, so it, it's just fantastic. I mean, it's just like I really want to. I really want to hear like certain like old heads' opinions, what they think of all this stuff, and seeing all these characters rolled in together. And uh, but it's kind of surreal to read it and look through it. So <laughs> it was uh, awesome. In, in, in my opinion. Um, and
0: uh, we get that, uh, that throwdown when uh, Batman is fighting Mime and Marionette. We get to see uh, how dangerous that crazy string that she fights with is.
1: Yeah, it fucking cuts uh, through his gauntlets.
0: Yeah, it cuts off one of the spikes and then just cuts right into the gauntlet itself, and you know, cuts into his wrist. You see blood squirting out. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, that shit's pretty dangerous.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um. Again, it's if you're if you're a Watchmen fan, and if you don't mind uh, Jeff Johns taking liberties with those characters and bringing them into the DC universe, this is definitely a book that you want to check out. Very awesome, awesome book. Um. Yeah, man. I don't. It's just it's crazy stuff, really.
0: So uh, a couple other things that we find out here uh, after Manhattan shows up, he sort of leaves uh, Batman and Joker out of it and just takes everyone from his universe off privately uh, to discuss everything. So we basically see him refuse uh, to do what Adrian's asking, you know, to to come and help. He just gives him a hard no. And then we find out some other things. You know, he talks about uh, why Marionette thinks, well, why they all believe that he had spared them uh, back during the bank robbery, that they all, they all think he, he let her live because she was pregnant. And he reveals that it was actually because uh, her child wouldn't do anything wrong you know he he looked into that child and and the child didn't deserve to die and he also reveals to her that she's pregnant again now yeah and he reveals to rorschach too or you know rather makes adrian confess that he has faked the whole brain cancer thing that's right and that was just to get uh just to get this guy to, to come along and help, and then, in his anger, Adrian starts calling this guy out, telling him that you know you are not really Rorschach, and you're only wearing this dead man's mask because you think he was your father's friend, but uh, you didn't see all of your father's reports on him. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm. your father's friend. So, uh, even even all of that gets shaken up.
1: Yeah. Brutal stuff. Um, pretty much the uh, comic version of faking a baby to keep him um, <laughs> with trying to get uh, little uh, Rorschach to stay and help him. Um, another thing I forgot, too, at the beginning of the issue with the monologue or the uh, overdubbing of uh, Dr. Manhattan's voice explaining like the timeline of what's going on, things that he's been doing, and then what he sees as far as in the future and alternate realities. And then he talks about... Um, He sees, uh, he explains that he sees someone on the surface of Mars, and then after he sees that person on the surface of Mars, he cannot see further into the future. he, He tries to look a day, a week, a month, and he sees nothing. And then at the end of the issue, it reveals that it's Superman that he encounters on Mars, and Superman is charging at him, pissed, and throws a punch, and then he sees nothing. He sees nothing past a week, nothing past a month, nothing past, and he's like, "Did Superman kill me? Did I destroy everything? What happened?" And that's basically how the issue ends. And I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I would love to see yeah. Superman beating the fucking shit out of Doctor Manhattan. That would be amazing to see. Because there, I mean, Doctor Manhattan can pretty much, um, you know, uh, he's a he's a god in the literal sense. Is that like he can manipulate atoms? Um, whereas Superman is limited only to you know the abilities that he gets from the sun, but if you're just doing if you're doing a McGregor versus Mayweather boxing stand up boxing match, <laughs> it's it's interesting to see. So you know it's one of those situations. Like if you limit them to where they are and what their abilities are, you know who could actually win in that fight. So um, it'll be damn awesome to see. Uh, and he explains it like the way. <laughs> I mean I don't know if at this point when they were writing the issue if they knew they were going to go to bi monthly, but. Um, they kind of, Dr. Manhattan alludes that within a month we'll know what happens, like when he gets to that point, in a month's time when I'm there, I'll know, right? Um, yeah. Alluding to maybe if if it was still in the time frame of a monthly release that, you know, next month we'll get the issue where Superman and Dr. Manhattan finally meet, which would be fucking crazy. Um, and apparently uh, if you go by the lenticular cover of the first issue, the variant, um, on Rorschach's face, it had the Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman logos. So we still haven't seen Wonder Woman in this uh, series. So I would definitely think if it was teased in a logo on the on Brorschach's face I would hope that she'd come in at some point. Yeah. Um, I also love how in uh, the last issue with the meeting of uh, the Legion of Doom um, they're kind of explaining how certain uh, heroes are like government experiments versus some of them being just like naturally created. Yeah. Um and how Black Adam is kind of uh, fighting. uh is it Kandahar? He's fighting in Kandahar, uh, kind of like a uh, Kondak, Kondak. Yeah, so he's fighting in yeah. Kondak as kind of like a revolutionary fighter. Um, badass stuff, man. So this, pro- I think, this has been. I don't know. I don't. Know, it's hard to say because I really like the last issue 2 issue six. Yeah, these have been my favorite two so far of the series,
0: and very much like the original Watchmen. Uh, Jeff Johns is writing this in such a way where there are these layers of the story going on where you can do something like we're talking about right now where we're covering one thread of the story at length and completely passing over a whole other segment of the story with all of that, all of the Superman theory and all this going on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that's that's a whole other story within the story that's happening. Yeah, great. And uh, there's an interesting uh, thing here where there's all of the political stuff going on about the Superman theory, and you know, countries right. against each other, and you know, all these countries have their their own heroes. But it's revealed uh, in this issue that Superman is because he's been so selfless with helping everyone that he is beyond the political constraints of that. You know, he, he isn't, uh, seen by other countries to be their enemy because, you know, he's aligned with the U S you know, he, he has diplomatic immunity mm. and, uh, every, every country, you know, regardless of what's going on, uh, with international strife, it, all the borders are open to him. You know, he, he's welcome everywhere. And he's the only one.
1: Yeah. Very pinteresting. Very pinteresting indeed. Um. All right. Awesome issue. Definitely got to check it out. Uh, make sure you grab all the other ones. Uh, issues one through six, if you haven't yet, when this new one drops. Um, what else we got going on? We got some uh, Justice League titles also dropping this week, right?
0: We do. Uh, before we get to uh, the Justice Leagues, is. Z- z- uh, Batman Kings of Fear, Uh. Issue 2, is out this week as well. Uh, We're going to sort of pass over that one a little bit because uh, this Friday we have coming up part one of a two-part interview that we have recorded with the great Kelly Jones. Uh, So we do speak with him uh, about Kings of Fear as well as... Uh, I can't believe I'm plugging two other episodes within this episode. I feel like a douche, but uh, you, if you're a Kelly Jones fan, you will want to check it out. He talks about Kings of Fear, a lot of other things he's worked on, and he actually gives us the synopsis of his dream dead man story. Yeah, that's pretty badass. It's it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's an outstanding idea. and We talk about the possibility of him uh, doing something on DC's Black Label imprint, and lots of really cool stuff. There's, you know, us. There's a ton of food talk. <laughs> uh, I think we spent about half an hour talking about pizza and cereal. And <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, if
1: you accumulate the times that he, when we <laughs> brought it up, and then when he brought it up again, it is yeah. around thirty minutes of food talk. So <sighs> probably, yeah, as much if not more than talk of uh, the second issue of Kings of Fear. <laughs> so he's he's one of us at heart. But it's fucking insane that we're even saying that. Oh, yeah. Check out an episode where we interviewed uh, Kelly Jones. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) But, yeah. So, Kings of Fear issue two comes out. Um, Great issue. Also, again, uh, Kelly Jones classic art. Some stuff that he did in this. You know, he explains it in the episode that we're talking about where uh, he likes to push himself to try new things that he hasn't done before. It keeps him entertained. It keeps him uh, fresh. And he definitely did that um, in this issue. So, check that out, and then on Friday, check out the uh, episode, like Robin said, where we interview him, um, and then, um, before we get into Odyssey and Dark, um, I don't think we've gotten enough spotlight, really, I'm not going to go too far into depth, but um, if you guys aren't reading the main Justice League title, you have to fucking grab it. Um, I caught up uh, yesterday on probably the last three or four issues, and I... Um, I just... It, it's crazy because it's a great story and as much as I love Scott Snyder writing Batman, um, he writes the shit out of Justice League.
0: and yeah, uh, He's writing his ass off.
1: Yeah. And Batman, especially in this new issue, is the issue that came out last week, issue seven, I believe, or maybe it's issue eight, I can't remember, but um, especially in that issue and the issue before, Batman is literally fucking sidelined. And so yeah. he's not really much of a part of... The latest issue as much because he got brutally injured um, after a fight with the Joker and Lex Luthor inside of the body of uh, Superman. Um, so he's in this fucking. It's always funny how Scott Snyder always finds a way of drawing a fucking suit for every reason, a mech suit. <laughs> and this one is literally just like a fucking mech suit of like healing. It's like yeah. a, a healing mech suit.
0: Um, yeah, like he's he, he's hovering around like Professor X. Yeah. Yeah, in
1: and this, and this bat suit that is just like, is just probably just, you know, healing him. But um, amazing, amazing story so far in uh, Justice League. You know, basically, I'm trying to do this as like as short and quick as possible. But um, there's two things that have been opened since the source wall has been cracked. Lex Luthor has noticed that there is an ultraviolet spectrum uh, consisting of just crazy, um, ultraviolet emotion radiation that is that that is being harnessed right now by Sinestro, and it's even pulled in John Stewart. Um, it's using the ultraviolet spectrum to basically convert everyone on Earth to an ultraviolet lantern uh, to become this massive army. Um, there and
0: and this is uh, this is uh, a power that is was so dangerous that it had previously been intentionally. Uh, kept away, uh, including by Sinestro.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, up until the source wall being cracked, uh, af- also after the source wall being cracked, um, there was something uh, found once again that was like again just like the I think just like the ultraviolet spectrum that was laying dormant was the still force, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the uh, the antithesis of um, the speed force, um, and so it it literally. Stops like uh, the Flash in his tracks, where it's he's so slow that he like doesn't move, um, and that is being used against him and the heroes. Um, as Lex Luthor is trying to get the key to the graveyard of gods, it just crazy shit is happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Just
0: just hearing you say that line just made me realize how nuts everything is going. It's crazy. Man. Lex Luthor is trying to get the key to the graveyard of God. Yeah. And uh, it's also revealed in here. Uh, so now that uh, Lex and the Batman who laughs are sort of reaching an accord. Huge. Where... I don't think
1: we, did we mention that yet at all? Like, I don't know if we talked uh, about that last episode, but. I,
0: I, I think we did, but yeah, it's worth touching on here yeah. again. Uh, now that they've reached this accord where like they say okay we, we both have our own goals here we both know that you know we, we're in this for different reasons let's agree to not stand in each other's way right and you know we'll we'll both get what we want so batman who Laughs starts revealing uh, little bits of things he knows you know not not revealing everything but giving Lex little bits of what he knows and reveals that there is a, uh, what's it called, that uh, the Justice League uh, just got from Lex uh, the totality. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's not just a thing, there is actually uh, an entity along with it. Uh, it's this woman. And basically tells Lex like, don't, don't worry, you're going to meet her. Mm. and uh then we saw the totality you know where it's in the league's possession you know they have it locked away we see this form of a female come out of it
1: Mm.
0: yeah crazy shit so there was even more to the totality than we uh previously thought there was
1: um good lead into the other two books in justice league under that banner right now um basically uh scott snyder is working kind of as like the brain trust of uh the justice league um uh, kind of like i guess it's its own imprint i don't know how they explained it it's its own like thing like the just justice league is its own thing that's uh the big the big umbrella is justice league and under it are the new titles coming out and scott is working with tynan and um joshua williamson on everything and they've always worked together on some of the events they did metal together they did some of the other stuff together um so they're always on the same wavelength so tynion is writing justice league dark and williamson is writing uh justice league odyssey um, both of which have new issues out odyssey having its first issue justice league dark having i think its third issue out this week Um, so, again, great spinoffs to the, the normal Justice League title because it's basically all following from events that occurred in Metal. It's all this kind of, like, um, ripple effect that's happening. Um, which one do you want to do first?
0: Uh, well, since it's uh, a little further in, uh, let's jump on Justice League Dark. Oh, cheers. Uh, so, I spoke to uh, to James Tynan a few weeks ago just, uh, well, a few weeks ago, I don't know when uh, around issue uh, just after issue two anyway oh yeah yeah that's right because Justice League dark is only running uh, monthly it's not a, a mm-hmm. bi-weekly god damn it <laughs> uh, so I spoke to James Tynan after issue two and uh, we, you know we didn't have a whole lot to go on yet we had just been introduced at the end of issue two uh, to the villain uh, who is at the heart of this arc. And uh, I told James that, you know, I, I like this Justice League Dark. It, it feels like it's going to be a straight horror story mm. uh, from the feel of this character. And he confirmed that that's exactly what this is going to be. And with issue three, we definitely see uh, a lot more of how this is a horror story.
1: Right. Yeah, it's uh, the up- the the Underwear Man
0: or the Upside Down Man. What's his name? <laughs> yes. The back the backwards man. Backwards, backwards
1: man. I forget what his name is. But yeah.
0: <laughs> <Creepy>. <laughs> yeah, the upside down. Uh-huh. Uh, the upside down man. Yeah, he's a. Uh, and we get to know him a little bit here, and there's some some creepiness about him when he's speaking to Wonder Woman and Zatanna, and he asks if he put the body together right because bodies are still new to him. So the idea that he just pieced together this body out of parts and wasn't sure if he put it together right mm. is, a, is just kind of a cool, creepy thing. Gruesome. And we get a call back to... Uh, I think it was issue one of the series where we saw that flashback of Diana as a child where she witnessed that ritual that she wasn't meant to witness. Oh, God. And you know when those... Creepy triple body creatures had uh, had chased her and caught up with her, and they sort of you know, put a shape on her forehead. So we get a we come back to that event in this issue where uh, Zatanna, Wonder Woman, Swamp Thing, and Constantine, uh, and actually Manbatten. Detective Chimp as well have just all been decimated uh, quite easily by the Upside Down Man. You know they throw everything they got at him. Uh, Swamp Thing comes up as you know in one of his giant elemental forms. You know bigger than than the tower that they're in. Uh, uh, they're in the Tower of Fate. So Swamp Thing shows up in this giant body, bigger than the tower, and tells the upside down man, he's not going to let him do this. And he just disintegrates swamp thing. Uh, And then Constantine says, okay, well, I've got this, this ward that I, that I picked up from a guy who said he knew a ward that would kill a God. And he pulls out this, uh, this spell so strong that it almost kills him using it. And it slows down the upside down man for like two seconds. And then he just, he starts taunting Constantine and tells him, oh, so uh, it's your blood that you use to control this magic. Well, let's see how you do without it. And just starts pulling his blood out of him. Hmm. And when he comes for Wonder Woman next, it's when he notices the sigil that's on her tiara. And as he comes towards her and goes to touch it, it lights up and her tiara flies off, and that old symbol that had been put on her forehead lights up, and just this crazy power comes out of her. And she is able to, with Zatanna's help, Satana directs her, you know, she sees this powerful magic she's never seen before uh, coming out of Wonder Woman, and directs her how to banish uh, the Upside Down Man f- from the world. Uh, they'll, they'll obviously it will only be temporary. So uh, aside from temporarily getting rid of him, it has also piqued his interest because you know as he's sort of vanishing, he's commenting on how he's never seen uh, this sort of magic before, and now he just has uh, a special interest in her.
1: Interesting. All of a sudden, dude, I love. Um... I feel like we're getting with these books uh, an actual, uh, actual um, kind of like uh, storylines that are really fleshing out these characters and taking them, taking care of them, and using them in the ways that these that are true to their kind of like uh, you know they're true to their their core, and uh, they're being written by dudes that love them. Um, mm-hmm. So you know like Man Bat Swamp Thing. Um, I mean, Wonder Woman's been everywhere, but I, these these like these these B list uh, these B list characters that have been neglected for so long. I feel like we're just kind of getting so much good stuff right now. And uh, normally, you know, like especially with like I, I it was hard like keeping up with certain books like X Men books. There's so many of them, it's crazy. Uh, but there's so many X Men that you kind of have to in order to kind of give it give everybody a chance. Um, but with Justice League, it's even in the main Justice League run. There's characters in there that they're using that are fucking awesome. Like Hawk, Hawk Girl, is a huge uh, part of that series right now, and she's awesome in that. Um, Gorilla Grodd is being used there. With this one, you know, we got Swamp Thing coming in, Man Bat, Detective Chimp. It's like it's it's finally feeling like all the stuff that was getting neglected from the previous years is really getting a chance to breathe and kind of kind of be shown off. And that's, I think, what we need more of, you know, um, books like this. So it's awesome to see that uh, they're letting uh, Titan do his thing. He's already proven that he can do great things with little characters with uh, the detective run that he had. So uh, no better job uh, than that guy
0: for it. Um, And the fact that we're getting these three different flavors of Justice League from three different creative teams, but they have all, they're all intertwined and they are. All o- originate from the same thing. They all originate from the events of metal and no justice.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so it's, that's some some solid uh, world building and story building that this one event has spawned off these now three different titles, and there are others as well. Like there's also the Terrifics is running from it, and um, uh, what was the other one? To, Uh, forever people I think is that the other title going yeah I can't even remember everything that's running right now but all these things that have come from uh, from metal that are just spinning their own stories that are running from the same event
1: yeah Uh, Um, good good stuff Uh, did you want to go over Odyssey a bit
0: Uh, yeah Odyssey uh, I'll do a quick run through of Justice League Odyssey here so uh, what we had been shown previously as being the team for Justice League Odyssey its what we see on the uh, cover for Issue 1 here, which the art on this. Uh, first of all, uh, Williamson writing, he's always fantastic. Uh, I think uh, if a lot of people aren't aware of the art of Stepan Sejic, uh, this book is going to be a treat for you. Uh, you'll see that starting with his cover art is just insane. Uh, so, But the cover does show what we always uh, believed the team would be, this Justice League Odyssey team, which seemed to be made up of Cyborg, Jessica Cruz, Starfire, Azrael, and Darkseid. Which that's, that's the part where it seems weird with Darkseid being a, a part of a Justice League team. So uh, we get to the story here, and we find that it's a little bit different than that. So uh, the story picks up with showing Jessica Cruz is, uh, has pulled guard duty uh, of the Ghost Sector. So the Ghost Sector is uh, coming from No Justice. Where all of those planets that were trapped on Kalu had been spilled out into the into the universe to save them from destruction when Kalu was being destroyed. Uh, so there's just this patch of space where all these all these worlds are densely packed together. And to keep things under control, uh, the League has decided not to allow. Anyone in, uh, actually, not even the League, I think it's the Guardians. Have, yeah, the Guardians have decided that uh, no one can be allowed to enter or leave this ghost sector. Mm. So at the current time, Jessica Cruz is charged with uh, guarding it, making sure no one attempts to enter or attempts to leave. So while she's there, she sees Brainiac's ship show up and she assumes that it's somehow Brainiac, even though you know, she. She believed he was dead, but she sees his ship coming. And uh, who is actually on the ship are Sar- Cyborg, Starfire, and Asriel. Uh, so they're all following these voices that they've heard. You know, like, they all have their own thing guiding them to to coming to this ghost sector. Uh, Starfire is looking for Tamarin, and they've, they've all been... Hearing these voices, bringing them to this place, but for different reasons. Uh, Azrael has a voice telling him not to join these two. You just so he's basically using them to, to just as transportation to get there. So he has his own motives. But uh, after they get uh, to where they're going, this is where things take a turn. So we find out that this was Dark Side that was summoning all of them there. And the different civilizations that are part of the ghost sector, uh, there are different planets that worship different deities. And the different deities that these planets are worshipping, one of them is Starfire, one is Cyborg, and the other is Asriel. Mm. So uh, Darkseid is the one that you know he recognized who these uh, deities were that uh, these planets were worshipping. And he called them there uh, for the, his purpose, as he states it on the final page, is to bring forth a new age of the multiverse. Oh my goodness. So it's seeming not so much, at least for now, that it's not really that Darkseid is a part of the team, but you know, as more often than not Darkseid is you know, using people for his own intentions.
1: Yeah, as, as Darkseid is wont to do. Yes.
0: You're a bit of a douche, that one. <laughs> uh, it's interesting, though. Uh, the, I, I know I'm spoiling a lot of this for you because you haven't gotten to read it yet, but uh, we get a cool intro to, uh, to Darkseid's arrival uh, just with the Omega Beans. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Solid issue though. Uh, Williamson writing a good story, and Stefan Sedgwick art is just bonkers. Yeah, and uh, this this makeover for Darkseid is kind of growing on me. Yeah, it was uh, it's very different look for him, but it, it's pretty great, especially with Sedgwick drawing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, those three guys that like we mentioned before just uh, they're on they're on the they basically kind of write it all together. They it sounds like they all get together. They talk about the story for each of the titles and they kind of intertwine it, intermix it and it works well so good stuff man it's like I said it's gonna be hard to pick and choose if you're on a budget um but there's a lot of Justice League books that are just too good to pass up right now especially if it's a uh, got a character that you like that you haven't seen in a while it's like exactly what's going on with it so um and you also uh, are quite thoroughly enjoying detective comics right this is kind of uh, a couple issues um before when is it that what's his name supposed to take over um who was it that's taking over Tom, uh, tomasi right
0: yeah and uh doug Mankey uh will be handling the art yeah so i'm okay it's, with that's a I'm, pretty exciting art coming up
1: i'm okay so far with what's going on because it is like old school classic detective batman with what we're yep. getting right now with uh, robinson writing it right
0: yeah, yeah, and Steven Segovia is destroying on the art on this. Mm. The, there are some pages in this that absolutely could be covers.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Ton of stuff. His Batmobile, the- his you know his uh, Gotham skyline with the bat signal shining. His shots of Batman and Gordon on the roof with the bat signal—it all looks fantastic.
1: I like how they're uh, still using the same Batmobile. Uh, That's basically been around since the beginning of Rebirth. That
0: um, wasn't David Finch. Yeah, David Finch redesigned it, right? And uh, even even with that going on, it's cool that we have uh, in all books now. uh, As far as I can recall, uh, Batman is back to the sort of hush style uh, suit. You know, he has. Uh, the trunks on the outside. You know, he's in the the gray and blue. He's got the the big utility belt with the big yellow pouches.
1: Mm-hmm. The kind of like it looks like an actual suit. Like it is not so much like armor. Yeah. Yeah, looking great.
0: I love the cowl. And not, I I had no uh, issues at all with the rebirth suit. You know that I love the purple under the cape and everything like that. But it, it's cool to see a, a callback to to this suit too
1: i love how it kind of also shows that like he has them all still and uh, like it's not like you know where if he shows up with a new timeline or if he shows up with uh, a new launch like oh he's always had this suit it's like no they're showing you that um throughout his history he's had different suits that he just kind of rotates through and every once in a while if he wants
0: to throw it back he's gonna throw it back which is really really cool it's like gene on bob's burgers that scene where you see him going through all his different faces this is me now this is me now this is me now (laughs)
1: Exactly, oh man. Um, so yeah, until Tomasi takes over, um, I'm okay with uh, with this run, man. Like I said, it's just gritty, dark, street level um, detective style. Just it's firing on all cylinders, man. And like the like you said, you know, um, I posted a I posted a, a splash page I think a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, and it just people went nuts for it. They're like, oh my god, this yeah. looks amazing. Um, Dude, we're just getting so spoiled, man, with like all this good stuff.
0: Uh, there, there, are so many good writers right now, and an embarrassing number of good artists. Yeah, just killing everything. Like, there, there are so many good artists that look how it's switching back and forth on titles. Like, okay, give this guy a few issues, then we gotta, then we gotta let this guy come over and do a few issues. Right,
1: right, yeah. It's it's literally they're like just. There, there's too many. It's just not. Yeah. It's it's hardly enough to go around. But
0: um, an embarrassment of riches. Yeah,
1: um, there's also a Walmart uh, Batman issue that came out this week, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, who did the art on that one? Let me see if I can find it real quick. That one looked really cool. I love the guy's art that did it. Uh, Walmart Batman issue three. It's a, it's a 100, um ish one hundred page special, I believe. Uh Brian Michael Bennis wrote it. Nick Darrington art. So Nick Darrington oh, has yes, a cool yes.
0: style. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, he's been doing uh, covers for Mr. Miracle as well. Yeah. And he kind and, of yeah, reminds a,
1: me, um not not exactly like, but uh kind of a little bit of a um Burnham slash um who's Burnham super influenced by? Uh, Gary Frank? No, not Gary the, Frank. Frank quietly. Sorry, wrong Frank. There you go. It's Frank quietly. Um where it's kind of like has the like like fat uh jawed, chunky um broad-shouldered yeah. kind of look.
0: Head like a fire hydrant.
1: Yeah. So, um doesn't always work with a lot of different styles, but I love the way he makes it work with Batman. Um there was moments of this, where, especially with the colors. I got a sense it felt like that Grant Morrison Burnham, Gary Frank or sorry, frank quietly run of batman that they did um just kind of felt that way with the action and 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 the art it looked really great so there's also an awesome panel or awesome page where uh it's gordon and batman on a roof with the signal shining in the night um super classic so obviously you know the only thing is good luck finding these books at fucking walmart (laughs) um by all accounts like people just can't find them it just depends on the one you go to um I to the yeah one? I've
0: I've heard that they're uh, at least at some locations they're in like aisles that have like uh, collectible cards and things like that. Yeah,
1: they kind of keep um, the stuff like. Luckily, the one by my house, um, I hadn't seen them pop up yet. But whenever there's anything related to like DC Comics, they always put it near the back corner of like the toy a- toy area or the toy aisle rather. Um, there's, like, all the Matchbox cars and the Hot Wheels, and so all the, like, the DC Comics Hot Wheels are always there, and um, sometimes we'll put them on an end cap so it's easier to find, but I haven't seen shit over at the one by me, so. Um, hopefully, people listening have gotten better uh, better luck. But there's that that came out this week. Um, things that we just weren't able to cover because of time. There's Wonder Woman, uh, new Titans issue. Um, the Flash has a new uh, issue out. So a lot of good stuff, man. And uh, again, just uh, uh,
0: also uh, issue eight of uh, the Raven, Daughter of Darkness miniseries by Marv Wolfman. Oh, shit! Uh, if if you're a Teen Titans fan, a Raven fan, uh, Marv Wolfman is the man who created her, and he's writing her again for the twelve issue miniseries. There you go.
1: Can't can't go wrong with that. Um. So yeah, man. I think that's pretty. We we covered a great deal tonight. We got it done in about an hour. So I'm surprised that we were able to do it in that amount of time usually we go on forever on just one or two issues but um like we said if you guys are listening to this right now and you haven't listened to the episodes surrounding this do yourself a favor and go listen to the insane interviews that we've been getting uh, over on the previous episodes um yeah got- speaking of
0: embarrassments of riches
1: yeah uh lee bermasio i believe uh that's uh, so what he likes to be called yeah uh, Oliver Copael I believe, is another guy that we recently got. Um, I think most people pronounce him Clayman, but uh yes. we'll see. Clayman, Clayman, are you Clayman? Are you here, sweetie? Oh goodness! But um, yeah, man, just insane. It's been it's been crazy over at the uh, Bad Force Hotel. Um, Tim Sale, uh, oh my there, god, I water literally water. I literally forgot about Tim Sale. What the fuck? Yeah, man. Fuck? Tim Sale, Libra Go back a while, but while a while bit more. We got, uh, what's his face? From White Knight, Sean Murphy. Um, <laughs> uh, that new guy, whoever that is. Uh, some guy by the name of Kelly Jones coming up. Um, just nutty, man.
0: This young whippersnapper. Uh, yeah. Draws a, a mean Batman.
1: Yeah, you know, I it's not, for, not really for me, per se, but. <laughs> I hear kids like the kids like it, so we'll see we'll we'll see if his style pops off I don't know we'll see we we'll, you know we give him I'll give him I'll give him four issues before I drop it so we'll see um, but yeah uh unfortunately uh there's some of the other guys could not make it on tonight we like I said, we've just been having a crazy schedule with uh, everything that we've been recording just an insane amount of we're just drowning and creators right now that we're able to get on the show. So
0: And Grandpa Batman is just literal, literally drowning. The worst. Uh, so he's not uh, not able to be here tonight.
1: Grandpa Batman is just literally caught up in the worst storm of uh, bad luck with uh, not having internet access and not being able to join us. So he's really bummed out Luckily, about
0: that. he has built himself an ark, and he is currently sailing around Texas <laughs> in his ark. He's wearing a large robe. His beard has grown very large and very gray. Yeah, uh, so he's going to be shipshape. Uh, he's and I, I, be
1: back. I heard that he is uh, taking on every two two kinds of every barbecue onto his boat as well, uh, <laughs> so that he doesn't forget the taste and flavor of it.
0: But do watch out if you uh, if you do see him, the robe he's wearing does not close up all the way in the back. Oh, so man. just careful. Goodness, um,
1: you got a question? You got to ask everybody.
0: Uh, you know. <sighs> Things have been so good lately that, you know, we've kind of gotten spoiled and we haven't had to to wonder about certain things. You know, we, we've we just focused on, you know, what comics are coming out this week, you know what comics are going to be censored this week. Uh, and we haven't had to ask the tough questions like, where the fuck is the trunk? Over?
1: <laughs> we actually know where he is because he told us uh, yeah. earlier, he's yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> stuck in between two different <laughs> but- jobs. But uh, if you are, if you missed the trunkler, please catch him on the previous episodes where he was uh, definitely present, um, and you can you know catch up with him there. But uh, anyways, that's all that we got for here for Batman. Uh, oh my God, I was almost gonna say what was I gonna say? I'll edit that shit out. Holy fuck! <laughs> I don't know what I was gonna say, but I'm gonna re-say it. Uh What are we called again? The Bad Force. There you go, Bad Force yeah, Radio. <laughs> all right, that's enough. Now, we gotta get some sleep at some point. I think there's too much. to Cut off. All right. Yeah.